Boom, and we are live with another episode of the Brownwater Banter Podcast. My name is Jared Seymour. My name is Joey Cates. And man, we got a great show for you today. We have uh, Jake Jones from Camo Dog Kennels in the house. He's going to be talking to us about uh, a lot of stuff, I guess. Well, we're going to do some cooking, maybe talk about how to cook oh, yeah. some ducks, how to yeah. train some dogs, oh, yeah. get them going on in the woods there. So, But before we jump into that, like we always do, we're going to mention the sponsors, man. If you're following the show... You probably may be getting tired of hearing of him. I don't know, man, but you need to go check him out for sure. Yep. This is uh, Dr. Robbie Williams right there. Boom. The man uh, at Southern Magnolia Smiles on Facebook and Instagram. Look him up. If you're looking for a great local dentist, he's located right here in Ocean Springs on Washington Avenue. Um, tell him that we sent you, man. Go check him out. Uh, hit him up on the uh, the website at www.southernmagnoliasmiles.com or give him a call on his phone at 228-215-1202. Tell him that the Brownwater guys sent you. He'll definitely take care of you. Yes, he will. Uh, Hill Tree Marketing, man. This is Jesse and his team right here. Uh, he's the one who handles our website, man. You can go to brownwaterbanter.com and see the work that he did there. Beautiful website that he designed and put together. If you're looking for one yourself, if you want to get a website done, uh, you need photography work. Uh, uh, he does uh, videography. He's got a drone. He can come fly at your business and, and put together some really cool marketing stuff. Go check out Hill, Mar Hill Tree Marketing at hilltreemarketing.com and uh, let him know you heard about him here as well. Uh, Trevor Reed has the uh, Biloxi Bay Barbecue and Blues Festival. That's going to be uh, November the 12th uh, through the 14th. So it's going to be a, a couple day uh, event there. Uh, Joey, what's what's some of the more details on this one here? It's got uh, what I given doing some payouts on a competition. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be a cook off, just like everything else. It's gonna be at the uh, Back Bay uh, RV Resorts. Okay, and it's a KC. What did, what's to say on there? Uh, where am I looking here? Um, yeah. Oh, a Kansas City yeah, uh, Barbecue Society. So yeah, that's gonna so be legit. I think it's gonna be the first one on the coast. I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's gonna be the first one where they collab and, and coincide together so it's gonna be a good time okay do you see did he tell us where they can get the tickets at i don't see it on the fly it's on the uh backbayresort.com uh, i think okay. is the name of the uh the, the website okay cool so go register for that or uh just go check it out man and go down there that's november the 12th through the 14th so and then uh per our last episode man vincent from uh saltwater fabrication decided he wanted to jump on and be a sponsor of the show man we had such a great time with him last time he was on uh if you're looking to get any kind of custom uh metal work done really uh i'll flash right here uh he does custom t-tops but pretty much anything he can he can hook it up for you in that department man does great work if He's it's great metal dude. he can weld it that's right that's right so uh go check him out uh saltwater fabrication or aluminum he's on he's on uh <laughs> he's on facebook oh, yeah. uh and i'm i don't i don't know if he's got a website or not but you can give him a call he said the best way to reach him is through his phone number it's two Two eight two two nine eight eight five five, and we appreciate him jumping on on the show. So uh, now that we got all that out of the way here, let's jump into it, man. That's uh, right. We're, let's talk dogs, man, and what and training them, right? Oh yeah, yes sir, yes sir. Uh, I started off because about how anybody would, they got a dog, wanted to take it hunting. They probably looked into training, mm -hmm. saw some of the prices that trainers are, the time really, because I mean. Honestly, I, my gun dog contract uh, for a, a more advanced gun dog it's a basic minimum six months. I mean, you gotta you have to establish a solid obedience foundation, and then you have to build upon that because I mean you got to think if you want a dog to sit while a plethora of birds are flying in their face right. and be obedient in that mm -hmm. situation, they've got to be obedient in a controlled situation first. So uh, I got off into that. I, I bought my first dog, uh, German Shorthair Pointer. Okay. And, and uh, that's kind of what got the name of the business, Camo Dog Kennels. She's 
we'd walk around and everybody was like, oh, your dog looks camo, you know. So. Speaking of that, I got it right here. Yeah, show that on the thing. Show right that thing. That's what he's talking about. So that's you. Looks like some birds on the back of a uh, – uh, Some doves. What is yeah, that? That's our fresh limit of doves. And uh, that was out in uh, Picayune, Mississippi. We uh, just gave him a beat down. She's a great <laughs> dog. And, man, she's a great dog in spite of me. She She's taught me a lot more than I can – I man. More she's than, a, yeah. She's a great dog. So so that was your first dog and, the, you, and you decided, hey, I'm going to – First time you've ever trained a dog? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, a buddy of mine in Mississippi, uh, North Mississippi, up in the Delta, he owns a kennel. And I went up there, and me and him, we duck hunted all through high school and stuff. And he had a dog, and it was just crazy. It was a lab. And watching him work, I was like, man, this is nuts. But I I wanted something different. I wanted to to be different. I wanted to get a German short hair and and look different. Well, as I've been going on, I trained a few labs, and I realized that people people use labs for a good reason. Yeah. And so – I, I now have two labs and a German short hair pointer. Right. And I train many, many duck dogs. I probably trained about 15 duck dogs. And then my buddy was like, man, you got to get in this hunt test game and start running in hunt test with AKC and UKC. And, and that's where they do the competitions, right? Yeah. You, uh, you have basically three levels in each uh, venue. You've got in AKC, you have junior, then you have go on to senior, and then you have master's. And in UKC, you have started, then you go into seasoned, and then you have finished. And you once you earn a finished title and a master title, you're able to compete in events like the Grand, which is twice a year, and it's in the for the UKC. And once you have a finished title, which is HRCH, your Hunt and Retriever Champion title, okay. you can compete in that every year. You pass two of those, you have, you're a Grand Hunt and Retriever Champion. Uh, master title you get uh once you get your master title you're qualified to run in the master national that year but then each year you have to qualify pass i believe it's five six events and then that qualifies you that year for that master national however with the ukc once you're hrch you're qualified for life pretty much so this is the super bowl of dog training dog mecca i mean that's Advice to anybody getting a puppy: get proven bloodlines. Look, uh, get make sure the parents are health tested. That that, that you're not going to get a dog. That you're you know this is for a long haul. Mm-hmm. Right. You know you're you're this is going to be a twelve plus year investment emotionally and yeah. I mean it's a it's a tool. You know you you want to make sure you're buying a quality tool, something that's not going to break on you or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. You know. Yeah, it's I mean it's 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 a, it's a real investment. So when, oh. when you want to do your research and make sure that. Mama's was a good duck dog. Daddy was a good duck right. dog. And then, they're, they're proven. They're proven. Right. right. And, and then you want to get the correct training because I've seen a lot of people, oh, I can just train it myself. And right. then right. they get in the field and yeah. go, Cause Right. And the, and the cheapest part of it is the puppy. So <laughs> so don't think like, you know, I, I know a guy, I get a puppy out of thrifty nickel. Well, yeah. <laughs> it might come around and bite you. But then again, hey, there's there are those great dogs that are just paper, paper puppies. Right. And they come out and shock the yeah. world, you know. I mean, there's – you, it's the size of the fight and the dog, not the dog right. and the fight. Yeah. But when you kind of mentioned it already, though, what are some of your better breeds? I mean, obviously, you think of duck hunt and you think of labs. I mean, that's labs just, definitely run the world. Right. I mean, if you show up to any hunt test, I mean, you're going to see probably 98% labs. Right. You'll see maybe a few Boykin Spaniels there. They they're good dogs, but every all of them have their quirks. There's curly coat retrievers, flat coated retrievers, um, golden retrievers. They're good dogs, mm-hmm. but if you more so buy into the field bred goldens that are for the field trials, right. and that's that's the big big leagues, and hopefully we'll be competing in those games one day. I, I, my pups are definitely bred for it. They their bloodlines are great. They're out of great dogs, and uh, 
proven proven parents grandparents and so forth but once you get so far back it's yeah gets so do you cool. have a uh, a pick between female and male i know a lot of people go either a lot of people stick to them girls they seem like they're, they're sweet li- man they are but honestly my male that i just got I, I i got a female first i had two females because i do like girls i like they're easier they're mm-hmm. a little softer yeah and uh it however you do have to worry about them coming into heat and that's right. what a lot of yeah. people will not want to deal with but I tell you, if you have a male dog and he's near a female in heat, it's a lot <laughs> yeah. harder to yeah. put up with. I yeah. promise you. He, he's only worried about one thing. One and thing, it ain't that bird. and it is not that bird. <laughs> yeah. And for that reason, if for uh, if your female's in heat, they'll why you are Hang not up. able to run it, but they refund you your money because yeah. you know that's something out of your control. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, for instance, my buddy this past year he qualified for the grand, and it's a five day series, and it's a strenuous a strenuous test and he he they had gotten through said day one and then his female came into heat oh, oh man dude. had to scratch the rest of the week yeah. and i was like man that's tough that's what, tough what's the uh when the, these competitions that you're talking about in the different levels like what are you competing like what are they testing the dog on what, what's, the, uh, what's the it's basic basic hunting ability basically okay. the, the ukc leans more towards the hunting style you know you have to wear all camo it's more hunting style marks <clears throat> But it, it truly ch- tests the retriever. AKC, they've gotten a little more technical with it and, and seen truly what the retrievers can do. You have, man, there's tons and tons of dog vocabulary I could get into. Yeah. I mean, you got triples that you'll come up and they'll have a poison bird, which is a bird that'll come out and you'll have to know your dog off that bird and run it on another bird or, mm-hmm. or run a blind, which is a bird that a dog doesn't know is there. And then you send him on that blind. He's got to use his nose. And yeah. Oh, find it. well, you send him on this blind, and when you line him up on a blind retrieve, the difference between the blind retrieve and a mark is they see the mark go down. Mm-hmm. The blind, they have no clue, and that's that's truly a really a teamwork deal. Right. And uh, a a good dog that thinks a good hunting dog is normally not a good blind running dog because he wants his nose to the ground. He's wanting to find it himself. Right. He doesn't want to trust you. He's like. Yeah. Ah. I yeah, got it. Exactly. You sending me out here for a reason, yeah, big guy. Right, yeah, right. you know, yeah, you so, come out here and find it, right? And, and and for good reason that you do want a good dog with a good nose, though. But you got to have a dog that trusts you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like the shows on ESPN where you you blow the whistle and you point exactly, and, then and they I mean, follow they, your they, command. They and but when you line them up, dead bird back, and when you say back, they're supposed to run until the world falls off. Mm. Ideally, in a straight line. Yeah, but there's factors which they add in those hunt tests. I mean, they'll have, you know, patches of water. They'll have to hit several different pieces of water and not run the bank. They have to hold that line. And if they're getting off that line, you you know, you miss that piece of water. Damn. It so it's it like a dog obstacle course, pretty Man, much. And then some. I mean, they, they get real technical with it. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming these are filmed. Can you watch these, like, on YouTube? They are actually like the uh, the SRS. That is uh, – kind of similar to field trials except they've they've added a lot to it i mean they uh, it's going on right now the crown champion and you can watch it live stream and they've got 300 yard quadruple marks that you've got to run a blind first and then come back and and i mean these dogs are remembering where these four birds are it's crazy out, and they have to run through like six dozen snow goose decoys and all types of stuff. i mean it, it they these dogs what they can do now is just, they're robots they are, but then again, they aren't. That's why a lot of people, it's it's nerve-wracking. I mean, there's a lot of these people that get in this game. I mean, when I ran my first test, I was so nervous. And I growing up, I competed in sports. I played football, basketball, baseball. I wrestled. I, I mean, I, I was not nervous right. in a competition environment. But 
that dog is a dog. Yeah. Yeah. And a dog will always be a dog. There's field champions that do the, the craziest stuff. I mean, a dog will always be a dog. So you may want it to pick up, you know, they have in master national or masters, they'll have out of order flyers and stuff like that. So a live flyer is a, a bird that that dog wants the most. And they typically to help the dog, that's normally the go bird and the longest bird, but they can change it up. And the dog wants that bird the most. They can see it flying. It's shot live. And the, the dog sees that bird one down. And he wants it. Well, then you've got to pull that dog off of that live flyer and run something else. And he, which is really unfair because if they don't shoot that bird stone cold, it can walk around, get wherever. So right. By, by Especially the, if it hits water. And man, who knows where By the time this dog's picked up other marks, ran its blind, this bird could be off who knows where. And, yeah. I mean, they had one where the bird was missed and they didn't know. And it trying to get back in the flyer crate back there and there's no chance that dog's gonna find that bird it's, it's kind of unfair but yeah to each its own it, it, they're really trying to challenge that these dogs are getting to where they can make this stuff look easy yeah i mean look back 30 years and watch a field trial and it looks like a junior test or something i mean it's just 60 yard mark stuff like that and now you show up to a junior or start a test it's 50 to 100 yard marks really and that's the basic level but they're singles you know they'll throw one bird go pick it up come right back. but then once you go on into the senior and season finished master they go into d doubles triples blinds multiple blinds with a triple and i mean it goes on and on and on they well, let's let's back up before we get into that. Yeah. So when we when we get a puppy, what are the ages that you take him, or you you suggest to start? I, I offer puppy programs, uh, and that that is definitely definitely key is is what you do during those puppy years the the socialization because you want that puppy to be confident. You don't want it to be a scared puppy. You want it to get out and see things and everything be a great experience. But then again, you also want boundaries because what it's learning in these ages will carry on through its whole life, you know. So what you let it get away with, it'll learn those behaviors. Yeah, they're like kids. Right. A hundred percent. You let them slide now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good luck. You're going to have to let them slide later. Mm -hmm. Right. But it will not necessarily, but it may just be a lot harder to break later, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, my biggest thing is to you know get a, first to get a puppy that's out of good bloodlines, that's proven at least healthy, you know, because – it's going to be the cheapest part vet bills alone are going to rack up more than whatever you right. spend not even than training but not a lot of people like the puppy programs everybody loves their cute puppy they don't want to see that puppy gone they're yeah. like well now my dog's gonna to have to be gone for six months or something with training That's tough. we'll just keep it and i, I, I i'm very hands-on me and my wife we're doing this together and and we offer boarding training and she's actually in school now for grooming so we're gonna be mm. able to do the whole shebang gotcha i mean are they are they like kids where it's it's easier to pick something up when they're younger Yes, definitely. There, because uh, I my I start my that minimum age that I let dogs come into training is six months for legit obedience training. So you you have you know actual corrections, repercussions. You're held accountable because up until that age, they're a kid, they're right. a, a baby. Really, they grow right. a lot faster, but they are still a lot more immature than than you would think. Right. You know, mm -hmm. so. Uh, and six months also for the gun dogs, they go through uh, a part in their training, which is typically about a month long, depending on the dog, but it's called force fetch. And it really teaches the dog how to learn and understand pressure. And if the dogs get through that, which normally nowadays it's not as hard at core as it used to. Training nowadays is 
totally a lot more easier on the dog. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot like a teeter totter. You know, you you apply pressure on the dog because you talk to any great athlete anytime and they're not going to say they never had pressure applied right, by right. a great coach. You got to push them. You got to push them. You got to push them to their limits. But then again, you got to pick them back up. You got to you got to give them some stuff to to give their confidence to build them and then you know give them a little reality check, give them a little something hard and you know. But I tell you, it's one thing that I can't stand as a dog that has no effort. It, they just come out and they don't want to work and they're just sad. And some of that can come from early when they're a little puppy or something. They do something and, you know, they get an overcorrection. Well, now they're going to be a little skittish. So, you know, you do anything to try to just get a minor correction. Well, now this dog doesn't want to work. Right. Whereas, does that have to do with like people getting them and like leaving them crates all day and not having interaction? No, actually, with them whenever you like- get a first puppy, Put it in a crate. Do not when, – when I get my first dogs, their first two weeks in the home, they're in a crate probably 85% of the time. And that's just training – That's crate. This, this, this is your room. You're right. comfortable in here. And don't – number one, do not let the dog out because it's whining. It's just like – almost like a baby kind of. Right, let you him can't, cry. You can't go pick that baby up or else it's going to learn that <laughs> right. the more I cry, this right. is how you get – just like with force fetch. You know, you're applying pressure. You start with ear pinch and you – pinch their ear and i've got a, a tool we don't use retru- tools that we use in the field to train because you don't want to have any bad associations with that because mm-hmm. this is a, probably the more strenuous <clears throat> part that a train the dog will go through in training for sure mentally on the dog and you know you, you apply that pressure to their ear until they grab that tool and until they grab that tool you don't release no matter how squirrely it gets you know mm-hmm. because they will soon realize well all i got to do is act a fool and right. he's gonna let go right yeah no right. you just got to grab this and it's that simple i'm gonna let go as soon as they grab it out a dog out of yeah. dog yeah. you know yeah. and it's not you know you're not being a monster to the dog all of any dog i let out is gonna go nuts jumping around loving all of you know if if the dog is acting scared of you you're doing it wrong you don't right. you don't right. have to hurt the dog you ain't gotta make the dog scared of you now, I'd be lying if I say that some dogs don't need a good, healthy fear of you in the back of their mind. Right. Absolutely. Because a dog will be a dog like we talked yeah. about. Yeah. So they need to be like, well. <clears throat> TJ Jackson says in the comments that force fetch is fun. Um, so, yeah, uh, people here uh, have heard about it for sure. TJ's actually, he's a, a guy that I met on uh, a training website. He was asking about puppy training tips and stuff like that. And I was like, hey, man, I'm uh, he was on the Gulf Coast looking for birds. Yeah. And uh, – it takes birds to make a bird dog. My yep. fir- my first dog, I realized that I, I wasn't able to. I, I got her actually like in the middle of the summer. I had no, I didn't know to keep birds in the freezer or anything like that from the season to train with, you know. But luckily, there's a few websites where you could order wings and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I strap wings to a bumper and stuff like that. Just to, to get the smell to right, right, right. Feathers and stuff like that because sometimes they'll want to chew and you. That's you're going to eat that stuff. That's another th- thing that force fetch teaches on my dog. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be this is delicacy yeah, right here yeah. now. Uh, and uh, I helped out TJ, got him some birds and stuff like that. And he, like me, was like, I don't know if I'm going to force fetch my dog. You know, it seems to like maybe a little unnecessary. And I was like, Well, yeah. I was like, well, You know, all those super cool pictures that people post with you know the with the in their dog's mouth. I said, How you how you plan on getting that <laughs> duck in the dog's mouth? Yeah, yeah. sitting there. He was like. I guess you're right. I guess yeah. I'm a force fetcher. And, and yeah. I was like, I was like, man, come watch me. I, and I, at that time, I, and still, I, I have, I think, three dogs through in force fetch right now. They're they're about to move on down to walk and fetch and force to pile. And uh, and he came over and watched. And all of the dogs, their attitude was up. I mean, they're it's got a derogatory, just like all these training terms, shot collar. That's something 
bring back to that. I want to talk about shock collars. Yeah, they're, we'll come back they're, to that. They're not this big, scary thing. <clears throat> used correctly. I use them on mine all the time. Used, yeah. used correctly that they are not an uh, improper tool, just like a leash and a collar. I mean, you've seen folks snatch a dog right. all around. I mean, any tool can be used improperly. Yeah. But a lot of these training tools, unfortunately, get bad names. Pinch collar, choke chain, stuff shock like that. Shock collars work wonders. I'm, yeah. I'll tell you a story real quick, and I don't want to interrupt no, you, but we ahead, were bro. in a dove field, and a buddy of mine, uh, James, yeah. uh, he's got a chocolate lab yeah soon she jumps off the car she's regular chocolate lab so she backs up and we're he's got her down all of a sudden and she starts going crazy going crazy going crazy well she hits the cattle fence that's behind her boom lights her up and i'm talking about a total change of dog oh yeah ten seconds ago she was right there sometimes that's all they need reality check reality check hey come here and it wasn't anything we did she just accidentally backed into the cattle in in the the dove field yeah Yeah, so she was she was ready to go sometimes you need that hey remember this is what we're here to do right Right. and and that's all I, i tell all my clients because honestly out of anybody that's came to me a lot of my clients have been obedience clients wanting just basic obedience they've all stayed and did a second month and done uh a, the advanced obedience and collar condition their dog so that they could use the e-collar because it's basically an invisible leash i mean the dogs know these commands you condition it to the collar and the way it goes basically is the same as force fetch i go through the first month and teach the dog all the commands mm-hmm. on leash so it knows what the commands are and it understands what's to be expected mm-hmm. then start with the e-collar you let them wear it for a few days comfortable nothing crazy sit them down and you start these collars nowadays, I mean, mine has 21 different levels. Yeah. I mean, they have tons. Vibrate and, only, man, shock, right? Yeah. And, I like the uh, way you call it e-collars. At the point of clear, they're, they're e-collars, and, it, and it's static <laughs> stimulation. It's static. like it's like a, uh, it's like a tens unit. Yeah, I mean, right. it, it's nothing. It's not throwing an arc. It's not. Right. No, you can't weld with them. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day, now they used to call them old Sparky, and yeah. I mean, they had that you, black you, spot right there yeah. on the back of their you neck. Flick a beer can two yeah. feet. I mean, they yeah. were tough, but nowadays, I mean, you can get. I actually. Uh, collar condition a little maltese i had never trained a little dog and uh we just bought a new place and uh my mortgage broker she set us up and um i was like well if you need help with training you know we this is why we bought this place right you know uh i'll hook you up and she was like well i've got a maltese and i was like oh damn that's not a dog but yeah and i was like i got some squirrels in the backyard i said you got a dog anything under 40 pounds as a cat. And, yeah, right. right and right, I, right. I told her, I was like, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'm not going to promise you nothing. I was like, if it doesn't go well, I'll refund you your money. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 100% honest. I'd rather be honest and you know than you show up and be like, what in the heck? Mm-hmm. So I told her the whole time, I was like, she's being real re- responsive to training. She's doing great. I was like, but she is very independent doggy <laughs> i said I, yeah. I think that, usually the little ones are for right. some reason I was like, it's got that, that napoleon syndrome, syndrome. Oh, man right. they're like I, i've got this yeah you don't, i don't need you yeah but i was like this e-collar it's great because it holds them accountable because the from the moment a dog makes a mistake to your correction you've got about a i'm probably being generous by yeah. saying a five to ten second window for the dog to understand i did this wrong this right. is what he's correcting yeah. correct and, and i've had that happen before with me and it's actually mr uh Bill, Martha's dad, yeah. like the the dog would do something wrong and I'd be grilling or doing something with the kids and a yeah. minute later go over there and take care of the dog. 
the dog's already forgotten yeah. what right. he did. It has no. It's like it's like what the heck is yeah, going on? Yeah, what's going on? I'm just, just walking like, around. Like yeah. if you come in and you find pee before you see the dog, you cannot yeah. tear that. You don't rub the dog's nose in. Yeah, you, that the dog you you slip somewhere probably honestly. <laughs> and a potty training a tip. A lot of people are like, well, I have my dog outside for an hour, and the second we come in, he pees. It's not how long the dog outside. It's how often the dog is being let outside. It's got a small little bladder, and luckily my that German short hair Ruby, my first dog, mm-hmm. she had a UTI, unbeknowing to us, and so she, we were literally setting a five minute timer letting her. Ooh, that's tough. And, and because I mean, I was getting upset. I was popping her, you know, like no, because you have to show them no. Right. You don't beat them, but you teach right. them like you know right. this is not. We're gonna go outside. And we'd go outside, walk around, and she wouldn't pee. We'd come inside, and she'd pee. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we got to get this freaking timing down. So just just go outside with your dog. As soon as they go potty, reward them. Come inside, put them in the crate. Let them stay. Let only enough room in the crate for them to lay down. Right. If they have room to get away from it, they'll pee in a corner and That's go right. lay down in the other I've corner. I've heard that before. That's why they come with the dividers. Start with the divider. It may <laughs> seem cruel. All your dog wants to do is lay down in there anyway. That's right. You want them to be comfortable. Uh I really don't put anything in my kennels because they can eat it, chew it up, foreign objects. Mm-hmm. My female, it's not good. My female, uh, we had her. She was actually about to roll into force fed. She had just lost all of her puppy teeth. It's, she's a fireball. Probably one of the better dogs right now that I have in training. And mm-hmm. uh, She started just throwing up. I went and checked her in her kennel, and she had th- thrown up. And I was like, well, sometimes dogs throw up. They yep. eat some grass or whatever. Yeah. So I cleaned it up. Uh, she had eaten that morning. Well, I fed her. She ate. We trained that morning. Did fine. She threw up while we were in training, but it was just some water. I was like, all right, we're fine. Well, come back in there. She is just throwing up all of her food, and I was like. That ain't good. No, and one thing that I immediately thought was maybe stomach flip, and that's one big thing in the retriever world where, you know, your dog is, gets gas in its stomach, mm-hmm. and from eating, if it eats after doing too much strenuous activity and the gas, it'll flip and it'll tie their stomachs. And from the time that that happens, you've got – 30 minutes to get to the vet or it's over with done and so i called my vet i was like hey i'm coming i was like she's not eating anything i was like i haven't you know i haven't really been paying attention to the other way i was like but she's not taking anything down so they ran x-rays and they were like man we're we're not seeing anything on the x-ray uh i think it might just be a little bug or something gave me some antibiotics and they were like you know if she's still sick in the morning call us and i was like all right i don't know i don't know (laughs) I don't know if that's the right answer. Man, yeah. I, was, I was still – I wasn't feeling it because, you know, I mean, I had invested a good bit of money in this pub. Well, it's, it, they become part of baby. your family I mean, once yeah. you get there. And I was questioning because she was actually going to – she was supposed to be my – starting my breeding program. She's going to be my female. And, and oh, so it yeah. was also part of my business. And my buddy had to let me know. He was like, she is part of your business, you know, but she is your dog also. And I was like, man, that pup's licked my face a few too many times. Yeah. So, and it got down to where, I mean, I literally was, uh, it was Easter weekend and this past year and we went back cause that next morning she was not, I was literally syringe and Pedialyte in her mouth and she oh, would throw it right up. And I took her to right to the vet and I was standing there and I kept waiting and waiting and they were like, is she still sick? And I was like, yes. And they said, well, it's Easter. It's literally, I think it was like Sunday. And they're like, it's Easter Sunday. You know, we're not going to be able to do nothing. There's the med vet in Mobile. Or there's another place somewhere. I was like, where do I need to go to save my dog? I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about price. I was like, I just need my dog to be okay. And they were like, Mobile. And so we immediately threw the dog in the car. We were rolling to Mobile. And, oh, boy, it wasn't cheap. But Yeah, I but, bet not. I mean, they, they called me, and they, they told me what it was going to cost for them to tell me what was wrong. And I was like, 
send mm. me that itemized receipt and then the their the vet actually called me instead of the receptionist mm-hmm. and, and i was telling her like you know that would they you've got the paperwork from my vet saying they've already ran half of these tests mm-hmm. yeah. this was literally yesterday don't rerun these tests i was like do blood work because if there is a foreign object you got to do surgery got to have the blood work mm-hmm. do the x-rays i believe it's a foreign object they think it's a sock or something because it didn't come up on an x-ray solid damn and so uh she was like, so, so you know a little something. I was like, yes. I was like, please, <laughs> gosh, don't rip me off on this. Just receipt. do something, yeah. Man, I, Fix I, my I, dog. Man, and so she was like, okay. Literally 10 minutes later, called me back. And they're like, man, you know what you're talking about. It's a, it's a, looks like a sock or something in there. Uh, X amount of dollars yeah. for us to go ahead and crack her open. And I was like, it's crazy, man. It's All right. Like, go it's ahead. Tough. Yeah. Go yeah. Credit card it's number tough. is. Yeah. And they, yeah. they went it, on. Take it for a ride, huh? And, and dude, I kid y'all not, she's been a totally different dog since that day. I mean, she's been almost, like, almost grateful. And it's weird. I mean, yeah. I, and I, I get a lot of people bestow too many human qualities upon dogs. But, but prior to surgery, if you came up to her laying on the couch and tried to get some loving, she'd hop right up. Yeah. She, she was very unconfrontational, was a fireball in the field, was mm-hmm. running. 200 yard marks before six months old had just tons of anything you asked her to do it was wide open when i would tell her here in training i mean it was wide open break your shin bone coming into heel sitting and i mean she was a great dog but after that i mean she was so grateful and loving i mean now you can't hardly keep her off of you i actually got a video we were in academy yesterday and she's going up to the mannequin licking its fingers <laughs> try, trying to get it to pet her thinking yeah. that she's gonna get some love and i was like baby it yeah, ain't gonna rub you not that one <laughs> not that one she's just happy to be alive man she is. and now i mean i've got a whole new perspective when i'm out there working her because every retrieve is one that shouldn't have been right, right. yeah and so we got uh we got some comments uh coming in here people got some good questions so i'm gonna read them off here to you uh scott excuse me scott wants to know uh if you could go into a quick uh detail on the importance of proper associating association of hunting gear to the pups like decoys guns and boats man that is huge if you can get that stuff around your pups at an early age uh i mean just put the decoys out in the yard because i mean Changing one thing will blow a dog's mind. I mean, running through, if you are training in your yard and you cut your grass and left a strip unmowed and threw a bumper on the other side of that strip of grass, they would hit that wall, uh, that grass like it was the wall of China and look at it and be like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. got it. They, they had never seen it. Mm-hmm. Get them used to decoys. Whenever you feed them, have your gun in the corner or something like that. Don't, don't bang pots and pans over them make noise stuff like that slowly inclimate them don't go to just be like well i shot a 12 gauge over his head and he was gun shy well, that's, see, that's not how that yeah, works right. you made him gun shot cap i'm sorry yeah, i've heard a lot of people say that and they, they buy these dogs and then find out six seven months later that they're gun shy yeah. fireworks got a client, like that. and every day he asked me he's like you know have you shot over my daisy gun i was like man properly introducing it and i'm gonna properly introduce it mm-hmm it is not a problem. I was like, but it's the people who walk out there and are like, well, I shot a, I should just rattle my 12 gauge off three, four times or, or opening morning of duck season. You got yeah. six people in a little wood duck slough in Mississippi and one wood duck comes through. Everybody takes it to the plug Dang. and oh, <laughs> dogs, oh, dogs like, what out. in the yeah, world? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like the civil war yeah. out there. Well, now, you start them off with the training. I mean, yeah, oh, I'm we guessing. start way out. I'll have my, my best trainer right now. My, my wife, she's top notch now. She'll stand out in the field and we've got poppers and they're blanks and she'll right. throw the bird and as the dog's in route to bumper she shoots when it leaves my side so it's a great <laughs> distance away from the gun it's in route to something it is 
totally focused on, so that shot is less likely to affect the dog. Right. And you just totally judge the dog. Dog training is almost 98% dog psychology. You right. Got, you got to watch the dog, know what it's thinking. Sometimes let it make the mistakes so you can get the correction. Because yeah. it don't know what's wrong if you don't let it do wrong sometimes. But uh, back to what Scott was saying, though, decoys. Dogs, let them swim around in the decoys. Uh, my German short hair, she got tangled in some decoys That's early tough. in her yeah. career, and she was totally mind-blown. It was a big old mallard, oversized mallard decoy, and she wouldn't pick up a mallard. And it because took she me, thought she was going to get tangled right. up. She, yeah. she was totally freaked out. It was banging up against her while she was running through the water, and I had to jump up, run, chase her down, and pick her up by her dog vest and untangle mm-hmm. her. So it took probably a good – Four months of just doing a lot of positive association and stuff with, you know, live mallards, frozen mallards to build that confidence back up in her, you know. Yeah. But uh, anything that you can get your dog around early other than gunshots, live birds, anything like that, preferably start small with like a pigeon or a quail, something like that, that the dog can confidently overpower. I mean, don't. I found a goose. I trapped a goose on the local pond because a goose or something like that <laughs> is pretty intimidating. Yeah, yeah. That goose will stand up and bow up on the poor old dog. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, we got another one in the comments here from Riley. He wants to know, uh, let me get it right here. Uh, he says, uh, do dogs get discouraged if they see birds flying uh, but none dying? No, I wouldn't say so. But it, always bring a bumper. I, I say anybody, if you're going dog, uh, duck hunting, You've got a blind bag. Stick a bumper in there. If it's slow, have one of your buddies walk to the edge of the hole and, and simulate it. I mean, if, make the most out of every opportunity. If birds come in and everybody takes it to the plug and y'all didn't get y'all skeet shooting in before the season <laughs> and y'all miss, have somebody fling a bumper out there real quick. Have, let advice. the dog – Let the, the most success the dog can find, the better. Right. So if the dog is just watching birds fly, you can't get birds to decoy – Go ahead and say, hey, hopefully you're hunting with guys good enough that they realize this is building on this dog's career. It's not his only season. This is right. one of many. Let, let's get this dog some success. Let's get out here. Throw him some bumpers. Let him swim through the decoys because sometimes they'll get in the decoys and start swimming around. Mm-hmm. Let them know, hey, they're going to fall on the other side. They're going to fall over here. They're going to, you know, think, yeah. think about where you put them. You know, it, that matters a lot as much. And and if it's a good dog, and I'll tell you my most embarrassing hunting duck hunting story. And and we're in the uh, Pascagoula Marsh, and the two buddies that went with me were bringing the boat around. We were in a white boat, so we brought it way around the bend. Smart man. Left me Smart here man. with the dog. Smart man. Coco. And I'm sitting here by myself, first time in the marsh. I, it wasn't that long ago, probably six, seven years ago before I started duck hunting. And the dog's going crazy, and I'm like, what's going on i don't know what's going on yeah. the dog keeps looking at me like hitting my leg hitting my leg hitting my leg well they start coming back yeah and two birds flew up so the bird was in the decoy the entire time oh, i never goodness. even he was the so dog was, giddy the dog was looking at me yeah. like you idiot <laughs> Dude, you dropped the ball right there. i was yeah. trying to tell you yeah you idiot they'll show some emotion yeah, out, they man will. and uh i love a good dog man they'll show some emotion and honestly i've had dogs see i'm sitting there just you know playing on my phone or whatever and i look over and the dog is just locked on and i'm like birds are working and you know you you know like is there they know before you man their eyes the way that they use their eyes and ears i mean you'll see them just sitting there and their ears are constantly Mm -hmm. twitching they're they're listening for the wings they're watching because i mean they they don't want to miss it i mean this this is their bread and butter they they're literally live for this stuff and 
it, it's always uh, a good hunt can be ruined with no dog, but a bad hunt's always good with a dog. I Absolutely, mean, always. I love a good dog. What uh, what's the what's the mix on the dogs that you work with? Like, are they all mainly hunting dogs, or do you have a lot of people like you said just straight I've got obedience? A, no, I have I have uh, honestly right now at this moment the majority of my client base is obedience. Okay, basically because of our demographic, you know, we're down here. Duck right. hunting's not great. It's a little different down here than right. where you're from in the Delta, right? Right. right. And uh, I've got actually a client. I've got one of my gun dogs. They're from up in the Delta and uh, stuff like that because mainly that's where the big duck hunting is. Right. And, uh, but I'm hoping to change a lot of that because there is that the hunt test game and stuff like that. And that's great to get into. I mean, if you've got a hunting dog and you can mm-hmm. go and compete, start at the junior level, you know, and, you know, getting those ribbons. It sounds know. fun. The dog, yeah, the yeah. dog could give a crap about the ribbons. Don't focus on those, you know, go right. and have fun with your dog. And to see your dog achieve those things is, is a real rewarding, you know, especially if you, if you put in all that time and training and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. Where's the big hot spots down here? duck hunting uh mainly i i've uh been got i hunted the marsh a good bit this past year south i-10 that's pascagoula yeah yeah, yeah pascagoula marsh man but <clears throat> mainly i stay in the ward by you and pascagoula uh mm uh wma yeah yeah uh there's a couple good spots my biggest tip is just try to find a big oak flat it was somewhere where there's going to be a lot of acres, a lot of food stores because those ducks are going to be flying there's going to be people in every other hole right mm-hmm Try not to try not to hunt super skinny waters. Try try to not st- hunt super big water either, because the birds they're gonna try to stay where they can get cover. Mm-hmm. Scout. Don't just go sit down in, in a creek somewhere and be like, well, I hope we see a duck this morning, you know, and then be like, well, this sucks. Put <laughs> yeah. in some little time, walk around, find birds. You know, take your dog out, scout and walk. You know, they jump up birds. They're gonna want to chase them off. You'd be like, well, we'll come back in this area tomorrow because there was birds here. You got right. at least you got let go. What birds we looking for down here mainly? I like I love good wood ducks, man. I, I hunt. That's what I hunt in the bayous uh, around the uh, WMAs in Pascagoula. But you get south of the uh, interstate. I mean, I we got limits of blue wing teal this year already. Really? Uh, yeah, teal's delicious. Man, teal's great. Teal are great. Uh, the only tough thing about that is you know got to watch for gators. It's, yeah. It's yeah. that's the only thing bad down here is it, this, that, this teal season that, that had one cold's got to run them off right? right snakes and gators right right you got to let it get cold and if if not they don't if they don't go into hibernation they'll at least be a lot more slow the right. water will be cold you can hopefully see before anything crazy happens there is a lot of gators in pascagoula pascagoula yes. river me and my wife lot. we were cruising and unfortunately they love dogs ago. man yeah. they're quick they're easy because the dog Running a set of watermarks, any trainer will tell you it takes it's a lot of time because swimming the dog's a lot slower than right. if it was just beating the dirt down. Right, I mean, right. it's taking time, trudging, and it's also at a disadvantage. You know, that's that Gator's territory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's uh, out of you, his element, man. But yeah, me and my wife, we saw about a twelve footer. We were cruising in Black Creek, doing a little scouting the other day, and it came off the bank, and it looked like somebody pushed a Toyota off the yeah. bank. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. And we <laughs> spun around, and I was cruising, and you could see where he was in the water swimming right on the bank. just Making a wake. My gosh. Funny I, thing about those things are they taste amazing. Wish yeah. you had a gator I day. love some, man. I love yeah. some fried gator, gator alligator some, sausage. Had some yesterday, as a matter of fact. I guess yeah. the other thing of, of hunting down here is salt water. A lot of people don't take that in consideration when you got to put those right. guns. Man, and clean decor. your guns yes. and spray that stuff off. Yeah, definitely. If you're even in brackish water. Right. Because, I mean, just sitting there, it's real humid down here. So the salt's in the air, too. Mm-hmm. So if you pull your gun out of the bag, I mean, you almost pretty much need to clean it when you get home. Yeah. yeah. Or, I, I messed up and went and got 
just a regular 870 for the first time we got down here. Yeah. Hey, you and can't beat an old 870. Yeah, well, I shot it I twice. Didn't get it wet at all. Just from being in the boat, all the rivets were rust, rust and all that. So I went and got a, another 870 that was parkerized, the marine. And gotcha. Ready, ready yeah. for that. Yeah. Absolutely. That salt water is a little different for everything. It salt is. water kills everything. Man. Yeah. yeah. Not kidding. Got to spray off the rods, the reels, anything. Everything. When you're fishing, you guys know you got to yeah. clean that stuff off. It'll rust up, and it won't be worth anything in a few days. Yeah, for sure. Another comment coming in. It says, uh, "It's from Riley again." Riley, we appreciate the comment, and Scott as well. Earlier, uh, as your business matures, uh, will you offer types of uh, hunt training: deer dogs, squirrel dogs, etc.? Definitely. Uh, I, I trained a uh, blood tracking dog for a guy for deer, stuff like that, and I, I've, I'll dabble in stuff like that. It all depends if. If all I got to say is for anybody listening, you know, if you have any questions, reach out. We're real personable. I answer any questions if you've got them, if, if I can. I work, and where's that at? Where, where's the best place to reach you at? Uh, my, my cell or all, you can contact us on our Facebook page, Camo Dog Kennels. My cell phone's number uh, 228-327-8465. And uh, I'm happy to help by answering anybody who's wanting to train their own dogs questions because it is real rewarding. Yes. You know, but you also have to be prepared to do that and it doesn't take a lot of time i mean 10 15 minutes a day and you know just stuff to keep your dog sharp work his brain let him know that you know you can do whatever you like but also there's boundaries there's right. standards you know that's crazy to believe in today's world that you know there's consequences <laughs> and stuff like it. that it's, it, a lot of people spend a bunch of money hunting man and yeah. shoot a big deer and all of a sudden you can't find it and then I got to call a guy with a dog because yeah. right. he's got to come find right. this thing. So and they love that too. I mean, I, those deer dogs, they, they love that stuff. I mean, we uh, went out. Coon dogs, all of it. Had a buddy, he shot a, a, a deer right outside of Picayune and they called me and he was like, can you can your dog mm -hmm. trail or a deer? And I was like, she's got a nose. So I brought my pointer and I sat there and, you know, I, she knows the hunted up command. And mm -hmm. so I got that blood on her nose and I was like, hey, hunt it up. And she cut through there and unbeknown to me that's why people normally have a bell on them or a tracker or something yeah they go, they oh, go yeah, yeah man and if you haven't seen a german shorthair run they probably could compete with a greyhound i mean yeah. wide open just ripping through there so i mean we're cutting through behind her with a flashlight and, and she found it we get there and she's jumping all around she's like look i got it i yeah. got it yeah. <laughs> trying to grab its leg to retrieve it and i'm like yeah good girl sometimes it's they get so worked up they'll hurt themselves running through briars just right. to just to make sure they found it you for gotta you. watch stuff like that yeah. whenever you're when if you're training um bird dogs or anything you know make sure that the the pond you go to the field you're in doesn't have huge holes because that dog's going to be running wide right. open to that that retrieve it's not worried about a little three foot hole that's going to break its leg mm -hmm. it's yeah. it's cutting you know it's going through there so are you uh are you most active on facebook is that was that best place for people to yeah, check definitely, it out yeah, yeah definitely on facebook unfortunately okay. uh but uh, that's way of the world you gotta yeah. grow yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What we're on here right now yeah, yeah. exactly so. we don't like it but we'll, we'll, we'll roll with don't it get, don't get canceled guys yeah right <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. well i think we covered pretty much everything man right uh, I, it, it was very informative yeah, like yeah. i said you're the first you. transition over from fishing to hunting so sweet, that's sweet. it's awesome local guy in ocean springs right that's where your kids yeah, uh, are we actually just moved a little north of the interstate uh we were living in gulf park estates we slowly have gotten bigger and bigger we now just got a place with four and a half acres uh we got a nice air and yard a pond and stuff like that to do Sweet. a lot of this training and but starting in gulf park estates right there in ocean springs yeah a yep. couple of neighbors calling the police there's <laughs> yeah. a guy in his front yard with a shotgun and <laughs> <laughs> 
And the yeah, police don't worry guy. about that guy. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah he's come. not the guy you yeah, got to worry cool. about. No, yeah. He's not the guy you got to worry about. The cops would always come and they were like, yeah. you're yeah. fine, man. So yeah. where are you at now? Uh, we're in Van Cleave. Just yeah, good old right, Van Cleave, right, Cleave, baby. right off of 57, you know. So, okay. Uh, out there. We, God's country. Oh, you right man. down the road from us. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Hey, I love, we love it out there. It's nice. And since we've been out there for about a year now, we really like the community out there and stuff like that. There's a lot of good people. Yeah. So yeah. sixteen months. Once you get a puppy, is that what you're saying? Six months. Whenever they, six yeah, months. yeah, yeah, yeah. Six months is a great age to start training. They've matured a little. They can start being held accountable. They they're able to accept some things. We do offer puppy programs, but a lot of that is just introducing things, like like what Scott mentioned, getting mm-hmm. them around those those things early, so that whenever the season does come around, or even in training, it's not a a shock. They're they're confident. Because confidence is yeah. key, you know. Even in real life, you know, you want them to be confident, but and with a retriever, it also needs to be a team. And that's whether you're just doing the obedience or actually right. hunting. You're you going to put them through the same thing right, pretty much. Right, right. My obedience dogs, I mean, because that's why I offer those programs. Uh, you can't have a good retriever that will sit there and, right. and they want those birds bad. And I think like 1.2 million dogs die a year in the U.S. hit by cars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that may be because they were like, oh, well, they just wanted another dog or they just they wanted that squirrel. They They wanted it too bad. Well, I promise you, I haven't hunted over many retrievers that didn't want that bird super duper bad, but they right. still got to listen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a good dog with a good solid obedience, no matter the breed, the if it's registered, this, that, or the other, you know, they still need a good solid obedience right. foundation to know. That way, you know, it keeps them safe. Honestly, it really does. Yeah, save you some money. Man. All, you, all you people out there with badass dogs, give Tenfold, them a call. Right. That's right. right. That's uh, Camo Dog Kennels, man. Right. Check them out on Facebook. Uh, dude, we appreciate you stopping in yeah, here and talking. Cool, that was a great man. conversation. It was. Sweet you got the beard and everything. It looks, hey, it looks hey, duck hey, official. It's getting duck season. <laughs> I, I got to get ready. <laughs> All right. Well, like Joey said, we're gonna keep bringing uh, the hunting stuff, man. We got yeah, some people lined up. That we got come some more fishing. Yeah, we got a, we got a trip tomorrow. Actually, we're going tuna fishing. Oh, that's uh, right. With Joe Allen. So check out oh, tune in. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow be, for that. That'll be a video coming shortly. Yeah. So uh, thanks everybody in the podcast. Uh, I mean, on Facebook land out there with the comments, man. We appreciate the interaction on the show. Some great questions and uh, thanks everybody for watching on the live stream, the replays, and in the uh, the podcast land. So uh, thanks we'll for see, having me on, guys. Yeah, yeah man. Thanks for being it, man. here, brother. And uh, we'll see y'all on the next one. Later. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, We've been looking at the numbers here on the Audio Land podcast, and they've been growing, 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 and growing. So it really means a lot to us. I hope that means you're digging what we're doing. Uh, But if you want to reach out to us on any of the social platforms, man, Facebook or Instagram, hell, we're even on Twitter. We're at BrownwaterB, all one word. Shoot us a message. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know who you'd like uh, us to have on the show, man. We're always down for a uh, referral or recommendation and also don't forget to jump over to brownwaterbanter.com that's where we got all our merch for sale man if you want to support the show go grab you a brownwater hat or a hoodie uh we got some dry fit shirts long sleeve short sleeves you name it we got it go check it out and as always we appreciate it brown water banter